Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat where we will look back on Saturday's disappointing defeat to Doncaster Rovers. Joining me in the studio today are our Argyle writers Chris Errington and Baron Cross. Hiya chaps. Hi Stu. Morning Stu. And a very special welcome to today's guest Woody from the Band Bastille. Hi Woody. I'm good mate. How you doing? You alright? Yeah very well thank you. Nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having us. No worries. Um, yeah as I say great to have you on the show Woody. What have you, what have you been up to then? What Yourself and the band? Uh, just been doing the usual thing, kind of, uh, we've just finished festival season, uh, just come back from a two-week run in the States, and we're off to South Africa next week, and then that's us done for this album. Um, so yeah, going to get it all done, hopefully, by Christmas time, and then should hear some new music coming out uh, at some point in the new year. Oh, fantastic. So a little bit of uh, off time for you to go and watch The Pilgrims. Yeah, uh, which did, did, on, <laughs> did on, on their Saturday just gone, which I'm sure we're going to cover in a minute. Yeah, indeed. Um New album in the pipeline? Yes. So, yeah, it's um, pretty much written. Just need to go and actually make it now. Uh, it's all well, all well and good having it in your head, but you need to actually, yeah, commit it to tape. Okay, fantastic. We've got a, a question here from uh, Jumping Jelling Bee, Jump, uh, Jumping Jellybean 632. I hope their parents didn't quite name them that. But, uh, <laughs> will Bastille ever tour in Shanghai, China? Uh, we intend to, yeah. Um, we actually had uh, a Chinese... Uh, artist called Leah Doe come up with us um, on the last arena run before Christmas um, and yeah the intention is to kind of we scratch her back and then maybe she'll scratch ours and let us come, yeah. come over <laughs> home in China but um, yeah nothing, nothing booked as yet but that's definitely definitely our intention yeah obviously going on tour is a big part of what you do yeah you, you're a fan of going on tour yeah I mean probably in the in the in the, in the, in the wrong job if not <laughs> but um, that, I mean that's, that's, the, that's the the kind of uh, bread and butter now of being in a band these days um, to obviously go and tour and promote stuff and yeah we're very fortunate to play all over the world yeah indeed so moving on to the game on Saturday then yeah. uh, your first game watching Argyle this year first game being there um, I've managed to catch a few games on the on the iFollow video thing um, but um, yeah that was um, not a fun afternoon <laughs> it was uh, I just can't believe the run of red cards mm. um, yeah so, I mean obviously there's a lot of frustration I guess boiling over in the team at the minute but uh yeah, I just can't remember a run like this. Well, probably not since we were in administration and obviously fielding mm. a bunch of youngsters, but um, I'm sure it'll come good. But uh, yeah, I just couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. And also just really stupid goals to give away as well. It, isn't, it wasn't like we got dominated or they were they were cutting us open routinely. Just shooting ourselves in the foot repeatedly. It's a bit of a common theme at the moment, isn't it? Soft goals, not creating chances and red cards. It's uh, I don't know what's like going on. I mean, record, really. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of hopefully getting all our bad luck out of the way now at the start of the season, and then hopefully we can push on from here. But um, yeah, something's—I I don't know—something's going on in the dressing room or whatever. But yeah, people don't look particularly happy, and it's just not clicking at the minute. Mm. Um, but I mean, ill discipline is one thing. I mean, um, I think was it Edwards' red card was a, a second yellow, so that's maybe yeah. that's not quite as bad. But um, obviously, Sarchevich essentially nutting someone, and then Sonny Bradley punching someone. Um, yeah, you just can't be doing that, especially when, when, you, when you're struggling. Mm. 
you need to have 11 men on the pitch, ideally. And even Kerry's red card. I mean, I know they appealed that, and it was mm. perhaps not a red card, but it was a, a tackle made out of frustration. A bit of afters, wasn't it, really? Um, <clears throat> again, I mean, but that was the that was, that was was the kind of start of it, almost, wasn't it? But, mm. um, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be Argyle if you weren't, <laughs> if you weren't <laughs> struggling a little bit. <laughs> How did you get into following Argyle? Um, so um, I was basically given the choice by my dad, who's currently stood in the corner as well. Yeah. Um, you either follow Argyle or you find your own flat. So um, I quite like central heating. Um, so um, no. Um, so uh, his dad, my my, my granddad, uh, took my dad and my uncle since uh, they were they were small boys, um, and it's always just kind of been in the family ever since. Um, so my uh, uncle, who lives in London now, um, he, he managed to raise his two boys and daughter as Argyle fans as well, despite of being close to much bigger clubs in London. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I often go to away games with them as well. So it's kind of a, a family affair. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had a season ticket with, with dad and with, with uh, Gran um, from the age of about, what would have been, what, 11? 11 as well? Like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was I was going every game until I left, I left for uni. Um, obviously now, now I catch as many away games as possible and obviously when I'm back home as well but um, yeah it's more of a, a calling than, than a, a choice I think <laughs> and I know, I know from reading the Green Barmy last week I, I, I can guess your favourite Argyle player Hungarian yeah. uh, midfielder Peter Hamosa yeah just yeah. by by distance um, yeah uh, <laughs> me and uh, Argyle president uh, Chris Webb have a slight disagreement on that he thinks Paul Dalton I don't know where he's what he's smoking <laughs> to be quite frank yeah Peter Harmosi the best player ever ever worn green by by a distance I think um, maybe well, in brief flashes uh, Emil Lempenza as well was pretty impressive but when he wasn't injured but yes. yeah Harmosi was just yeah, next level so when you're touring in Budapest next time or something like that you need to get in contact with him well funnily enough I've actually run into a few um, Argyle players actually so uh, Andres Guerrieri when we were in Buenos Aires yes. Uh, he he came to a gig. Um, That's amazing. Uh, Maxime Blanchard too, mm-hmm. um, top top boy. In fact, so um, I, I played in this charity football match a few weeks ago. Game 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 for Grenfell. Um, Maxime was very kind enough to kind of give me uh, a little run out and kind of coaching session before that. Um, didn't help much in the end, but you know it's like, <laughs> he tried at least. It's, it's stuff of dreams, though, isn't it? You know, to play with your, your sort of players that you've. Oh yeah, it was just months. so surreal. Um, just yeah, like kind of like knocking balls back and forth with him. And he's just like shouting, you know, wrong, no, get your arm up, get your arm up, no, no. Some sometimes it went okay, but yeah, it's um yeah, just kind of things you kind of pinch yourself with. And also, um, they're doing doing commentary with Sparksy as well. Before yeah. I've done, done that a few times. Uh, obviously, Chris is a, a seasoned vet at that. But um, yeah, all, all, all these little things is kind of a weird little byproduct of being a silly little indie band. But yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon your highlights been as an Argyle fan? Um, probably. 2-0 uh, QPR mm. going up yeah. the championship that was you good, about, isn't it, Chris? I think if, if I was going to be pushed I think that would that day when yeah. they scored their two goals was that was just yeah and... yeah and um, just yeah finally, finally getting up there those those are the glory days but also just um, not a, a, a particular game but like the FA Cup run under Holloway as well that was good because I was, I was living um, up in the south east then so that was just kind of like a bit of like local pride everyone actually knowing who Argyle were mm. for a change was, was quite nice and, and doing well um, obviously yeah that spawny Watford goal from, <laughs> from range it's all, yeah, all, 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 all they did Ben Foster in goal that day who uh, yes, had yeah. an absolute you know, blinder that day exactly yeah England player Ben Foster yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you say that you go to a lot of away games do you still prefer to come back to home park or you oh of course yeah yeah games? I mean um, it's, it's more for, for um, convenience 
than anything else. But um, that being said, League One this season is a very northern league. So oh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm in I'm in Brighton now, so that's not terribly <laughs> close to anyone. I mean, and uh, also South End, uh, I missed because I, I was away, and that was probably one of the, one of the kind of nearer ones to me. Mm. <laughs> um, obviously, got Wimbledon as well uh, in this league. Um, but apart from that. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, quite often there's a, an excuse to kind of go and go and see family or friends as well when you go when you go away as well. But um, yeah, I try and get down down here at least three or four times a year. Um, obviously, got family down here and friends and everything. And uh, yeah, this is still technically home for me as well. So yeah, indeed. Any of the other band football fans or do they understand Kyle? Your... Yeah, Kyle Keyboard Player. He's a fair weather QPR fan. Um, <laughs> if I, if it was through him that I actually ended up playing in that um, yeah. Grenfell game because. Um, they got in touch with him saying, do you fancy playing? He's like, no, not really. Kind of overheard him. He's like, I'll play. <laughs> Get me in. <laughs> so uh, so what was that like? Because, um, I mean, it was uh, star-studded, wasn't it? So it, was, it was mad. So <laughs> I was sat in the changing room between uh, Damien Duff and Peter Crouch, which is something oh. I never thought I'd ever say. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you what, so what was really, really nice, like, like all the all the old pros there, um, they they couldn't have been nicer, like genuinely like great people. So yeah, Peter Crouch, Damien Duff, um, Shay Given, David Seaman, like all just really nice people, um, quite generous and helpful, and obviously aware that most of us non-footballers were <laughs> slightly bricking it. Um, but um, yeah, just a, a really fun experience. Obviously, it was fun to play in, but obviously the, the, the whole main reason of yes. doing it was to raise uh, money, but um, also just kind of keep the whole Grenfell thing in everyone's everyone's minds because mm-hmm. obviously in a a world of Trump and North Korea and that sort of thing and Brexit it's all slid down the news agenda yeah. but uh, there are still people who need to be held accountable for people dying unnecessarily and, and gruesomely as well no, so, that's a great way of using sport as yeah. often is the way sport's a great way of promoting things isn't it this in is a it. world like the, we're in at the moment no, completely but, uh, obviously yeah, there's a lot of horrors in the world at the minute but um, I mean there's a million causes you can jump on I mean we Got involved with that. I mean, so the the the, the band as well. We also did a, did a fundraiser about three or four weeks after the the, the uh, fire. Um, but yeah, we used to rehearse literally uh, around the corner from the from, from the tower for, for a couple of years. Um, uh, two of the well, so so, so Kyle's from West London lives nearby. Um, Dan as well used to live close there as well. So it's kind of also. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if if you've seen it when you've been up in London at all, but when you see it, it just doesn't look real. No, no I haven't been up there It, it looks, looks like a, like a no. film set. Like, it just, it's just complete horror. But, mm. um, yeah, sorry, it's a very, very dark subject, which is <laughs> kind of gone into, but, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, people need to be held accountable for it. And also people living, living nearby, essentially, are looking at a, an open coffin every yeah. day. They walk yeah. past it, because obviously they need to investigate properly exactly what happened. So, um, they can't tear it down. Yeah, well, well done on everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. involved in something like that. But, um, yeah. but it's it good too. So um, they, had, they had some survivors uh, playing on each team and firefighters too, um, which is a nice touch. So, uh, in fact, that was the main reason I think Peter Crouch was there because he he's from the area um, and one of his good mates was actually one of the firefighters who tackled the blaze as well. Um, it's yeah, like really good lad as well. But yeah, the things they saw in that tower, you wouldn't mm. want to. Yeah, just things of nightmares. You said you'd done festivals this year. Yes. I think Baron did his first Glastonbury this yeah, year, didn't you, Glastonbury. Um, How'd you find it? Dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I did a few festivals when I was a little bit younger. Things like Leeds Festival, uh, been across the Benicassim in yes. Spain as well. Hot. But, uh, yeah, very hot. But I uh, did Glastonbury for the first time and I just... I mean, I'm only in my late 20s, but I felt like such an old man, struggling <laughs> with the late nights and just not washing for that amount of days. Well, it's, Glastow's uh, a weird one, because like, you, you see literally babies there, yes. right, right up to like the yeah. elderly people and all sorts of stuff. All ages, between. though. Yeah, because um, it, yeah, it basically becomes the third biggest city in the southwest yes. after Bristol and Plymouth when it's, yes. when it's full. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a good stat. It's yeah. massive. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, also, it's a, it's a place you can go to 
where if you don't even see any bands, you can have, have like, an amazing five it days. It was yeah. an amazing experience. It was absolutely incredible. And going from festival to festival, what's that? That's it's yeah. it's. Um, I mean, we get to live in a in a in a kind of spoiled little bubble where we ride in on tour buses and we get nice clean toilets backstage and that sort of stuff. We're we're obviously not not out in the mud, but um, no, it's fun. I mean, festivals. We always kind of say it's kind of like summer camp in a way because you just kind of go away on the weekends, see your friends and other bands you haven't seen for a while, kind of catch up, um, see new bands as well, um, and obviously um, yeah, you get to experience new places quite quite rapidly. Um, but then also home in the weeks as well. So you kind of work on the weekends, home in the weeks. Do you have a favourite that you play that? Uh, I suppose on stage it all looks very similar. I suppose yeah, I mean, Glastow as a festival is always always the one. Like it's, it's known the world over, and mm-hmm. there, there is nothing, there is no other place on earth like it. Mm-hmm. Um, just the vibe, and everyone's so happy to be there. It's quite special. But for us, like Reading this year, that was probably one of the best gigs we've ever, ever really? done. Just everything clicks. The crowd were really up for it. Yeah. Um, just yeah, everything went went well. So. Um, yeah, but I think Glasgow is probably the one. Of course, you had the one closest home at Powderham as well. Yes, uh, yeah. I got, I, I, so uh, yeah, I, I got in trouble with that uh, because um, obviously play, playing near, near Exeter, apparently <laughs> it was poor form. They said to wear my Argyle shirt on stage, so <laughs> I couldn't do that. But um, my in-ear monitors that I wear on stage, I've actually got Argyle badges on on each one, um, and also I've got um, a custom-made snare drum with with the Mayflower on it on the side as well. So I had that on stage, but then I tweeted a picture of my in-ears saying couldn't wear the Argyle shirt, had these instead. Uh, the Exeter Express and Echo ran oh, a story: yeah. Bastille drummer um, disrespects City. <laughs> And basically, yeah, ran some furious uh, article about how I uh, clearly didn't upset the locals. Yeah, upset the <laughs> extra locals. But um, I think readership of four people didn't really, didn't really matter. Uh, moving back to uh, Argyle, then, um, Chris. Obviously, you're at the game on Saturday. These are worrying times, aren't they? I mean, we're we're nine games into the season now, and yeah. things don't seem to be getting any better for the Pilgrims right now. No, I mean four successive home defeats. You struggle to remember a time that Argyle have had a, a run like that. As Woody says, the, 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 the red cards is a concern, you know, because uh, the one on Saturday, you know, the game was over when Sonny Bradley got sent off, but, you know, he, he shouldn't be getting himself sent off in those situ- in that situ- situation and in that way. And although it didn't affect the outcome of the game on Saturday, it means he's going to be banned for the next three games, and that's a, it's a big blow. You just get Graham Carey back from a ban, he's going to be available for the Wigan game, but mm-hmm. you're going up there without Sonny Bradley. Uh, injuries aren't helping, you know, Jake Jervis uh, missing the game on Saturday with a groin injury, he's going to be out for a week to ten days. Threlkeld too. Threlkeld is, is out, although hopefully not a million miles away, you know, um, with every game that passes, Ryan Taylor looks a better and better striker, because it's just not <laughs> clicking up front for Argyle. Um, you know, until the last couple of games, you, you felt that they were creating chances, but weren't taking them. The last couple of games, it feels like they're not creating many chances, the second half, uh, on Saturday was particularly poor, and I mean, you know, there was there were so many attacking player attacking players on the pitch. We had uh, Ainsworth and Wild coming on as subs. We had Lemirez, Shifty, Fletcher. Fletcher. I mean, it was literally like a two-three-five formation or something like that, and um, nothing, nothing up front. So it is concerning. Um, I, I still stick to the thing. The only way you turn these things around is with hard work, hard work on the training ground, hard work during games. They just need a break. They need something to go in and off somebody's backside, mm-hmm. something to, to go and get them started. Um, you can't feel down and sorry for yourselves. You've got to be brave. You need your experienced players, your David Foxes and people like that to stand up and be brave on the ball, get them going and try and um, you know, 
try and end this run because it is, it's a, it, you know, seven winless games is, is, is not good. Yeah, Baron, to bring you in, Chris touched on the point there about working hard. They can't work any harder, can they? I mean, they're doing double sessions on the training pitch. What more can Derek Adams do to try and, and turn this form around? Yeah, well, it's, it's a good point, isn't it? I mean, I think um, there's very little else they can do other than work hard. I mean, it's the only thing that they can control. I mean, everything else is all variables, isn't it? So I think I think it's it's gone without saying that Adams works the players hard. He's renowned for being a hard taskmaster. The players often repeat that phrase and, and say that they are training very, very hard pretty much all season. So towards the back end of last season there was no winding down they were doing double sessions until the end of the campaign so they are out on the training ground and they are working hard so but something maybe something has to change maybe it's the routines they're doing the type of training they're doing but but something has got to change unfortunately we don't know what goes on in training so we don't know what, what is currently happening there we don't know what's going well what's going badly clearly not much is going well at the moment in the matches whether they see something different in training we don't know but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a difficult balance because at some stage, if the results don't turn and they keep doing double sessions four or five days a week, the players are going to get fed up with it. And if they're getting worked hard for that many hours per day and then go into to a match on a Saturday and draw or lose, where's where's the positives there? I mean, they're just going to get fed up and you know, they're not going to be very happy and unhappy players aren't going to play any better. No. Well, you touched on the, the sendings off in the last four games. Um the problem with that, of course, is Derek Adams just can't field a settled side right now, can he? Because no. he's constantly chopping and changing things. It's that, but I mean, um, obviously Bradley's a massive loss, especially because obviously he's, like, he's our best defender by quite a distance. But um, I just, I, don't, I, I had a weird feeling having watched it a few times, well, once in person and online. But um, I don't necessarily think that him and Edwards were really clicking. Um, I kind of quite liked when him and Songo were um, together again. I think they played together before. I've kept clean sheets last season. It's just a, just a better understanding there. Like the first goal on Saturday, um, just that goal I scrambled. It was it was a it was a Parks goal really. It was just could have been cleared three or four times. Not mm. just you need someone just just to put a boot through it or just or a head or a face or whatever. Just get rid. But um, but yeah, when you're going down to ten men every game as well, um, you just can't legislate for that. And yeah, after that, 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 that then it's back to the wall. And if you're already a goal down as well, then it, yeah, I mean we we just. Last season we were really good on the counter and always looked a threat when we broke forward. Now it's just there's none of that anymore. So it's when you go go a goal down, much like under Sheridan. If you if you go go, go a goal down at the minute, then that's us done. Yeah, interesting to see Sheridan got sacked this morning. Right. Yeah, yeah so. um, I don't think there's much love lost there, really. Is there? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, moving on to our first reader question: A seriously disgruntled Gary Palmer is saying red cards, injuries, conceding early, deflections, and general bad luck. You cannot fool the more intelligent Argyle supporter any longer, Mr Adams. Both you and this team you have assembled are simply not good enough. Our supporters can't trust anything you say, and if this continues, you will bring my beloved cl- club back into the doldrums. So there is a lot of criticism for, for Derek Adams right now. Where, do, where's he, where I mean, do you stand with that? People seem to have very short memories mm. at the minute. Um, on a broad, just hearing some of the chatter in the Devonport end when we sat there on Saturday, like, we're going, oh, Harry Radnapp's... F- Free now, and we should get him in. It's like we we were in administration and nearly got deleted off the face of the earth about six years ago. Uh, we're still paying off historic debts. When and I was like, oh, he's not he's not spending money because there isn't money to spend. I think we need to get a, a dose of realism. Just be, I'm 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 thankful. A the club still exists, and B we're actually we're, we're, we've come up a division again now. Um, I mean, three months ago Adams was the was the chosen one. All of a sudden now everyone's calling for his head. It's um, you need to just stick stick with it. Um, he's clearly a talented manager. As he's as he's proven um, last season, bringing in a, a whole new squad from scratch, pretty much, and taking us up. 
Um, and he's done it with Ross County before as well. He's got a track record of it. Um, people just need to be be patient. I mean, I, I would happily take 19th, 18th place right now. That would be a good season. Just stay up, consolidate, move on the players who aren't this is by, who aren't really cutting it, and then we can try and progress and build from there. But um, it'll like it, it it will come good. I'm I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure of that it's just obviously it's, it's, it's a very frustrating time at the minute but also who else is out there to come in at the minute I'm not sure there aren't like loads of like young hungry managers waiting to yeah. go I don't think and Harry, Harry Redknapp's wages are probably out of our goals reach I'd imagine yeah I'm sure he's love it then <laughs> isn't he indeed um, Baron we've spoken before about um, Derek Adams and his post-match comments mm. again what he said post-match Doncaster caused a little bit of consternation with the Argyle fans it's hard to sort of take <clears> what he says seriously sometimes isn't it it's a real difficult one to do, isn't it? I mean, I think when, when your football team's losing matches, people aren't thinking clearly. It's very, very difficult in the heat at the moment to sort of put together and compose some some well-thought-out comments. And I think people are quite quick to jump on Adams and the frustration's starting to show, isn't it? I think his his post-match comments are puzzling. I mean, of the, of the fans that, that I know and have spoken to, I think they're just a little bit frustrated that Adams isn't coming out and acknowledging just simply acknowledging it's not going well. He seems to be putting it down to luck all the time. Things aren't going their way. They're getting all their bad luck out at the moment. And they just, I mean, no shots on target in a home match against a side that were in the second worst form in the entire division before that game. It's just not not good enough at all. And I think the frustration is boiling over. I think people would be more accepting if, um, if he were to come out and put his hands up or apologise for something or accept that these things aren't working and this is what they need to work on. But he seems to come out and put it out to luck. He seems to think that, that what they're doing is okay, that he's not quite getting the breaks. I think it's a little bit more serious than that, especially after seven matches. I think after the Blackpool game, especially, I was uh, sort of, uh, I was like Woody. I was thinking it will turn around. It's been two more games now, and it still hasn't turned. And mm. I think it will at some stage. But I think after the Berry game, people maybe accepted that as maybe turning the corner. But after um, after Saturday, people, I mean, it's. Twitter is never the right place to go engage opinion, <laughs> but it was a particularly toxic place on Saturday night. So many people warriors. That is the thing. We live in the world of social media now, and people can respond in the heat of the moment straight after a defeat. Now, we all know, we're all football fans, when our team loses mm. and we stomp out the ground, moaning and groaning, we're probably not thinking on our most rational and being our most thoughtful in how we will deal with it. Now, people go on Twitter and can say whatever they like and football is a game of opinions and everyone's entitled to theirs mm. um, but sometimes you do need to just take a little step back sometimes and think about what you're saying and what you're thinking and Derek Adams you know when your team is losing Derek Adams whatever he comes out and says people are going to knock him for he could come out and say you know yeah hands up I've got it wrong uh, today my tactics were wrong or mm. I, I apologise to the fans for that but then some fans out there would then turn around and say, well, OK, you've got the tactics wrong, you should go. You know, you, he's When you're a manager in football in the modern day and you're losing games, I think whatever you say, somebody out there will not be happy about. So you stick to you know what you believe in, you stick to your, your message that you're trying to get out across. Um, sometimes you know a manager uh, may well say something completely different to his players inside the dressing room than he does in a public forum like a press conference after a game. Uh, I'm not at all convinced that, that what he says a lot of the time to us as reporters and by extension to the fans is necessarily what he feels, but he feels that why air dirty washing in public, mm. do it in the dressing room. So, you, you, But I accept, you know, you, you can't go too far the other way. Yeah, and accept, and, and so you, it's finding that happy medium, but, you know... Uh, 
it's, it's, it's a difficult one for a manager. They, they come in, you know, and uh, I wouldn't fancy doing it. Having somebody like me sat there and sort of, you just have a 3 nil defeat. You know, probably the last thing you want to do is, is talk about is, it. Is talk about it, <laughs> yeah. but, but you do, and um, you know, so it's it's it, it is it's concerning. There's no no two ways about it. But I, I I still think you know he is a good manager. He's proven it over a long time. Mm. Well, also, like fans were clamouring for Fletcher to start, and he did on Saturday. Obviously, he didn't quite panic. Mm. I, th- I thought he, I thought he did it right. But, he did, he um, did okay. Yeah. But yeah, obviously he's. If you want to look at it one way, he has kind of bowed to some pressure from the fans. They, they got their own way and it hasn't worked. So mm. it's all well and good being kind of armchair pundits and managers. I'd always, and... I'd always rather have, would he have a manager who sticks to his principles. Exactly, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then you stand or fall by what you believe Exactly. In. If you have a wishy-washy manager who tries to sort of yeah. get swayed by outside influences, oh, oh, the fans want me to do this, the fans want me to do that, that's a recipe for disaster. Also, yeah, but also yeah. like same about tactics, um, saying that you got it wrong, like, everyone's waxing lyrical a few months ago about how he's always changing things up, like didn't work first half, he mixed it up, well done on him, well now it hasn't worked out, all of a sudden it's boo to him. It's, yeah. You can't, you can't have it always. The fickle nature of football mm, fans, I yeah. guess. No, it's not an easy job being no. a football manager. That's <laughs> one, one thing I did notice, Chris, was uh, it seemed like he did at least for part of the game on Saturday, go with two up front. Yes, um, with Lemires in behind. Yeah. So you could argue it was a four-three-three. Mm. I think he might have said himself it was like a four-three-one-two. Yeah. Um, but it was Lemires pushing. Mm. The idea was to sort of try and push in in there. In the first half, it was more Fletcher down the middle, Shifty on the left, mm. uh, and Ramirez on the right, um, which looked slightly better balanced, but. Um, yeah, he's trying different formations. He's he's tinkering around with things, trying to find something that works. I mean, you know, people say, you know, he's 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 not attack minded enough. Like I say, there was it was almost like you know all out attack in terms of the number of attacking players on the pitch in the second half. Yeah, and they never looked like scoring. You know, so you you got to find that that balance and um, it's, the, it's the method of creating chances too that I yeah. well like chatting with dad about it as well. Like like it's all really good having wingers on the pitch who. Aren't really firing crosses at the minute. Mm. Um, I mean, was it Miller got forward loads on Saturday, but didn't he just always squared the ball? He didn't actually mm. try and get it in the box. But if you haven't got a big target man like a Blissett or a Taylor in the box, then what's the point of banging in crosses? Because we're like playing it into a five foot something at yeah. Fletcher. Yeah. Um, you need to think of some more, more clever passes or ways into the box. Just mm. banging down the wing and then hoofing it in is not going not gonna to work. Yeah, it's, it's easy to point the finger at the strikers because they're not scoring goals. But as yeah. you say, you know, you've got to look at the attacking midfielders as well and, and creating those opportunities. Exactly. Have you been impressed with the attackers that Adams has brought to the club? Yeah, I think again, things aren't clicking at the minute, but um, everyone thinks seem pretty pretty excited by most of the players that that, that he brought in. Um, and again, it's like we, we we don't have the money to bring in like big big name players and champions. like like um, Pompey have signed like Brett Pittman, like yeah. proper quality players like that. I mean, um, Graham Carey came on a free, and he's one of the best players we've we've had in a long time. So. Um, Adams has clearly got an eye for for, like, for talent. Um, also, like they they look like decent ball players as well. Like um, no one looks out of their depth. Um, I just think you just can't legislate for things like that. But that first goal on Saturday, mm. they should have just hoofed it into Rosehead to get it out. And the second one, you can't legislate if you keep a dropping dropping across. Um, but then Luke Luke will save us more points than he'll give away this season always. So I mean, he he kind of gets a pass a little bit. Mm. But yeah, when you two 0 down from two silly goals. It's kind of yeah. It, it should have been nil nil really. Here we go. Here we go again. Exactly. Mm. Is is that perhaps a problem then, Chris? I mean, you know, Derek Adams has spoken quite publicly about the the need to not concede that first goal. Mm. Is this 
is it perhaps a psychological thing where he's setting the team up to make sure they don't concede rather than sort of attack teams and go out and try and get that first goal? I don't think you can legislate for defending like they did for the first and second goals. Yeah. Um, you, you can overanalyse things sometimes. Mm. I mean, you can talk about it and you can stress messages and you can have tactics and things like that. But there was about two or three headers there to be won for that first goal from the corner. Yeah. And they didn't win any of the headers. Now... You can point fingers and say, well, he should have done better, he should have done yeah. better, the managers should have set them up better. But at the end of the day, there were headers there to be won and people didn't win them. And, you know, the centre-back, Andy Butler, stooped and scored from six yards out from a central position, yeah. got a header. That shouldn't be happening. Not not in that mm-hmm. position. Um, the second goal, Luke, Luke McCormick's made a rare mistake, dropped the ball, and uh, Marcus was there to pounce. There's, there's not a lot you can do about things like that. That's, mm. that, you know, like I say, I think you can overanalyse things sometimes mistakes people have got to be accountable and um yeah it's not not going our goals way at the moment it's clear i think um mentioned our old friend sheridan as well he often said about well more being in league two that players on their day in that league can compete with anyone in the world but they'll, they'll do it two times out of ten yeah. yeah now in league one it's probably more about four or five times out of ten <laughs> but it's yeah you, you just don't get the consistency at this level like you, yeah there's plenty plenty of potential there but you'd rather like your solid sort of gary neville's giving seven out of ten every week but then you, you can actually plan around that yeah. but if it's if it's a bit too too mercurial, then yeah, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Uh, another question from Martin: Has the dressing room gone sour? Judging by the team's performance and the ill discipline, it has. Hopefully, early days. Remember Exeter City this time last year. Mm. You touched on it there. It, it, they don't seem like a happy bunch of players to me. They're losing games, Stu. Yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating. I mean, you know, you look back to Sonny Bradley though. I mean, he had that incident with yeah. Marcus Madison on the opening day of the season. So it's yeah. he's looked like a player not. He doesn't look the same player to me as he did last but year. We're in no. September, and in May they're they're all they're all winners. Yeah, yeah. so um, they looked fine to me in pre-season. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not nice when you're a professional football player and you're losing games. Um, mm. Yeah, I take your point about um, Bradley and Madison, but you talk to people up at uh, Peterborough and Madison is a bit of a wind-up merchant merchant at times. So you know. You know, maybe Bradley shouldn't of, be letting him get to him, he, should he? He shouldn't, the and discipline should be he there. shouldn't, and he shouldn't have done what he did on Saturday as well. Um, but does that mean that the dressing rooms are unhappy? Uh, again, you know, they'll be unhappy because they're losing games. They won't be happy. Uh, I would expect well, them to be happy, mm. but you expect them to be professional as well. And in the situation they're in, I mean, Gary Sawyer. We saw Gary Sawyer on Thursday, and he, he said it's important that we keep our discipline. You know, he knows it. He spoke. He spoke about it, mm. and then Argyle didn't keep the discipline on Saturday. Yeah. Now, you know, you don't want to go around pointing fingers of blame at people, but Sonny Bradley will, I'm sure, realise that he, he what he did was was unacceptable. You can't do that. Um, not because particularly it cost them the game, because it didn't cost the game. But it's the next three games that he's going to miss. That's yeah. the problem, and it's yeah. just that constant talking about red cards. I mean, if we lost three 0 but there hadn't been a red card, <clears throat> we'd have uh, been on. Different conversations, wouldn't we? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, plenty of other not so positive things to talk about, but it wouldn't have been the red card so much. But you know, it, it keeps the pot boiling and it yeah. keeps making it an issue. And um, in football, it's amazing when you start getting in this cycle. cycle it, it it does have a habit of keeping going. But you've yes. you've seen them more this season than I have. Mm. But like, I don't feel like you have ever actually been dominated and just played off the park by a team. It just it seems to be mostly stupid mistakes that have cost us, or, or unlucky deflections as well. But it's like yeah. combination. Of, obviously, some teams yeah. are better than us, and you accept that. But the Blackpool game wasn't great. No. Um, earlier in the season, I, I thought they were playing quite well and weren't getting the breaks. But the problem is that in football, I think, is that there's only a certain amount of time you can play 
reasonably well yeah. and not get results before the confidence is affected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, when the confidence is affected, which I think it clearly is now, then it comes a lot harder. Stu, you've got some questions for Woody. That you might want yeah, to well, just before we go into that, we'll just talk mm. about Wigan. Obviously, mm. Wigan's the next game on Tuesday. You, you going up to uh, up to Wigan, Woody, or giving that one a miss? I've got a seat in the car if you fancy it. Yeah, that's very kind of you. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going away again, I'm afraid. But um, no, I mean, that's, that's one ground I haven't, I haven't actually done yet. I'd like to at some point, but... Uh, I'd, I'd take a nil-nil right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> a tough you. one as well. It's a tough one, isn't it? And you've got the Paul Cup factor as well, of course, who was manager of Pompey last year. This is it, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously him and Derek Adams aren't exactly best mates, are they? But um, I don't, things you just you just don't know with, with this league. I mean, um, we might suddenly turn up. No. Obviously, like Adams' hand has been forced a little bit with uh, Bradley being suspended. Maybe Sokolik comes in has an absolute blinder out of nowhere. Carries back. He carries yeah. back as well. Stu, you were saying this is the sort of game that Argyle... I can see Argyle going up there and yeah, nicking a 1-0 win. And, yeah. You know, it's the sort of thing... Of, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard to call, isn't it? Because you just... Uh, the thing you were saying, though, Baron, earlier on, it's the problem is they're just not creating chances and don't look like scoring. I mean, no, even the goals they have got are from set plays even, and even if they have the defensive will be as it's known at mm. Wigan tomorrow night I just I don't see where the goals are going to come from just just can't see it I mean like Chris says Carey's back I mean that's something we can hang, hang our hats on and you know Carey's Car- 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 one of the few yeah. match winners they've got if you yeah. can dig out a free kick then you never know but elsewhere in the team it just doesn't like it's coming especially away at a place like Wigan yeah but we need more from Kerry as well though I mean you know touching his yeah, set I mean, piece he delivery wasn't before he got suspended yeah. yes I mean if, if he's had a bit of time now to sort of think about things a bit of time away from the spotlight maybe he's going to come back and hopefully uh, dig the side out yeah okay as Chris mentioned we've got some uh, fun questions here for you Woody so it's mm-hmm. an either or quiz you just have to tell us what your preference is mm-hmm. no pausing no, no pausing <laughs> so thought straight away uh, Chris or Woody Woody Blur or Oasis? Blur. Wild World or Greg Wilde? <laughs> uh, Wild World pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Red or green? Green. Home kit or away kit? Oh, home, definitely. On the gantry or in the studio? Oh, uh, gantry. Banging the drums or banging the goals in? <laughs> uh, somebody play the week, they're definitely drums. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a goal scorer. <laughs> uh, win at Wembley or automatic promotion? Oh, uh, promotion. Sonny Bradley or Graham Coughlin? Oh, I know Coco as well. Uh, <laughs> Coco's bigger, I'll say him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going on tour or going to Home Park? Oh, Home Park. Recording a podcast or recording a video? Uh, podcast. Good, <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Number one hit single or winning goal at Wembley? What, me score it? Indeed. <laughs> oh, hit single. Enemy or Plymouth Herald? Herald. Dan Smith or Connor Smith? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go with Dan Will Farkerson or Will Atkinson <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go with uh, Farkerson Carl Simmons or Carl Lethran oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Lethran give it, give, give, I've got a break yeah. Derek Adams or Derek Wood Oh, well, he, he's right here so yeah dad <laughs> Derek Wood Rotolock or Ginsters oh, Ginsters James Brent or David Brent James Brent. Graham Carey or David Frio? Oh, uh, oh, Frio. Promotion or extended FA Cup run? Promotion. Rhythm of the night or rhythm as a dancer? <laughs> uh, we did them as the same thing, so both. Yeah. <laughs> Hang out with the Green Army or chill with Rudimental? Oh, Green Army. And finally, Pompey or Pompey? <laughs> Never Pompey. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's Great our special guest this afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Willie, for joining us on the show. Pleasure. Uh, 
That's it for this week. Uh, as I say, thanks to Woody, thanks to Chris, and thanks to Baron for joining me, and of course to you out there for listening. We'll be back again next week with more of the same, so be sure to join us then. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.